0: Hello everybody, welcome into another edition of Ocean State Sidelines. Will Gagan here, alongside Brendan McGare. We considered changing the name of this podcast to the Erickson Baines Fan Podcast, but ultimately opted against it and stuck with Ocean State Sidelines. But we will begin before we talk about all the hoops that are going on with the performance by one Erickson Baines of Shea High School. If you hadn't heard about it yet, it was, uh, it was pretty insane, 57 points on Tuesday night. In a win over Tolman, no less, crosstown playoff game, uh, just one of the great performances in Rhode Island high school basketball history.
1: Oh, that's without a doubt. Well, you know, just to maybe set the table here. Usually, I keep two running scoring sheets. For this game, I used ended up using four. Yes, that's that's <laughs> a lot, and that shows you just how productive Erickson Baines was. Fifty-seven points, eighteen total field goals, only nine free throws attempted. He made uh. eight. That tells you some players, they usually did get a bulk of their points at the free-throw line. Yep. He did everything virtually from beyond the three-point line.
0: Yeah, just unbelievable. effects. <laughs> yeah, sound effects yeah, for the Ayrton <laughs> he, he,
1: he definitely merits it, but uh, you know, it's just an out-of-worldly performance. That's probably the best way to describe it. He had 32 points at the break, and then he just kept pouring it on, pouring it on, and you know what makes this different and you touched upon the first point it was against Tolman yep. your crosstown rival it was a there was a spot in the D2 semis at stake and the environment you know it was very very loud in there people were cheering it was you know it was almost like an ad one mixtape tour at times mm-hmm. that kind of crowd but you know when you size it up and and try to compare it to different players you know it's hard to like, think that anything surpasses that.
0: Yeah, I've, I mean, I've been doing this about 12 years, and I have not seen anything like that. I was kind of racking my brain. I think the best individual performance I saw basketball-wise was Celia Tomlinson, South Kingstown girls basketball, had 40 points and something like 20 rebounds in a game a few years ago. But I had not seen anyone approach 50 points. Uh, and to get 57 in a 32-minute uh, high school game is just unbelievable. It really is.
1: And that's the other thing, too. I was talking with Christina Battistini, the former classical girls basketball all-stater, now the Mount St. Charles girls basketball coach. She made the good point that about maybe 50% of the game, Erickson's on defense. Yeah, for him to score that much efficiency, you know, if we want to break it down like Ken Palm and everything like points per possession right. and everything, it would, I'm sure it'd be very impressive. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, you're looking at what, four points a minute if you're if you're looking at it like that. Yeah. If he's if he really is on defense for half the game, just a, an incredible performance. So, congratulations to him and to Shea. Uh, on, that, on that great game, I don't think we'll see anything like it again. No, and sure. I think
1: uh, a lot of the coaches I talked to yesterday um, just said that you know maybe another like twenty years before we yeah, see absolutely. something like this.
0: Yeah, yeah, tremendous performance by him. He's always been a high scorer. I mean, he's the. Highest scoring guard, highest scoring player in the state this year, and he's had big games. But just to, to do that, that's a legendary performance.
1: And to do it on that court where traditionally there's not any deep corner shots. You know, you've been yeah. to the cage, well, where yep. you know,
0: you yeah, really can't true.
1: shoot beyond the three-point lines in the quarters. Everything has to be top of the key or at the wings. Yeah. You're kind of very limited in terms yeah. of the spots you can score at. And, you know, Erickson, to his credit, he just kept going to his spots, going to his spots. And you know what?
0: He Found uh, the net every time it worked. That's <laughs> yeah, salute! Big time, <laughs> uh, thank <laughs> so so you. Well, that one doesn't really work, but anyway, we'll move on to uh hoops, uh, semifinals. The big picture we're, we're in the divisional tournaments now for high school, uh, and we'll start with the girls who get going as we're recording this on Thursday morning. The semifinals begin tonight. Ah, uh, looking at Division one, pretty uh, a lot of chalk in all these brackets. Uh, Division One, there was a slight upset with Johnston beating Barrington 61-60 in the quarterfinals, Johnston the five seed, Barrington the four. Uh, that continues uh, what could be a little bit of a, a magic run for uh, Chris Corsonetti, the Johnston coach head coach, been a head coach for a number of years and was a longtime assistant coach before that. Uh, they'll take on LaSalle tonight and see if they can keep that, that run going. So that, that game is at East Greenwich, 5.30. Johnson uh, taking on LaSalle, the top seed. LaSalle beat North Kingstown, fifty one thirty four in the quarterfinals. On the other side of the bracket, South Kingstown, the two seed, taking on St. Ray's, the number three seed. That follows the uh, LaSalle-Johnson game, so that's 7.30 at East Greenwich High School. Uh, two. I, you know, I think it should be two pretty good games. I'm intrigued by that LaSalle-Johnston game. LaSalle has kind of been untouchable lately, but uh, maybe Johnson can, can get him. And then South Kingstown and St. Ray's uh, played a really good game in the regular season and two really strong defensive teams.
1: Yeah, yeah that LaSalle team, uh, you know, they were uh, kind of uh, dealt a tough blow, scoring only 20 mm-hmm. points in a loss to St. Ray's last month. And But they've come out with like game busters in traditional LaSalle manner. And St. Ray's, you know, they got the size down low with Amaya Dowdy. Will that be uh, a key advantage for them tonight?
0: Yeah, yeah, very much could be. South Kingston, I think when they played in the regular season, South Kingston was down big in that game, came back and won. Uh, and the Rebels looked pretty impressive uh, in a 20-point win over Portsmouth in the quarterfinals. They, they started that game on an 18-2 run. So they're rolling and looking for a rematch against LaSalle. They did not play well the first time they played, uh, so they'd like to get another shot at them. Looking at D2, we have Situate and Classical in the first semifinal. At North Kingstown tonight that's at 530 westerly and Coventry in the second semifinal 730 and that is the 1 4 2 3 game so no upsets through in the quarterfinal round of the D2 bracket um, top seed situate looking to get the win
1: yeah that's uh like we said well at the top you know a lot of chalk a lot of chalk and uh, you know, we'll see if uh Situate and Westerly can get through their respective tests to create a one-versus-two matchup on Saturday.
0: Yeah, Situate's been really impressive. Uh, I saw Westerly earlier in the year. Megan Albamonte, one of the better players in the division. Uh, she's really strong. Coventry down from D1 this year and has played really well in D2. And Classical's been really good, too. They, and they, they blew out both their uh, playoff opponents so far, so they'll be looking to keep it rolling against Situate. And then a the D3 bracket uh, Thursday night at Johnston High School. Again, all all chalk in that bracket. Tolman against Burville. Tolman's the top seed, and then Central and Pilgrim, the two and the three seed.
1: Yep, Uh, we'll talk about that Tolman Burville game. Uh, Great job this year by uh, Walter Bunky Gonzalez. uh, After a couple years struggling up in D two, you know they uh, played Pilgrim early this year. Actually, one of the few losses that Tolman had. Burville and Tolman last played in December, Mm. with uh, Tolman prevailing by about fifteen points or so. So we'll see if. uh, Boroughville can close the gap with a uh, trip to the D3 finals at stake.
0: And those final games are going to be Saturday up at Rhode Island College. It's a triple header up there, um, so that should be a uh, big day, busy day of basketball. Looking at the boys' brackets, semifinals are Friday and uh, championships on Sunday at CCRI. Uh, the final, the semifinals in D1, we had a mild upset with Woonsocket, the fifth seed, beating Mount Pleasant, the fourth seed in the quarterfinals, to earn a rematch with Bishop Hendrickin. Uh And those two just played a great game. Um, what was that, about a week ago? That was about a week ago yeah. up in
1: Woonsocket. And, uh, you know, even after that game, which was a loss uh, for uh, Woonsocket, T.J. Chaffee the uh, Novens head coach, expressed confidence that, you know, I think we can play with Hendricken. And, you know, he got his wish. He might see them again in the Open State Tournament. Yep. We don't know, but, you know, Friday night, 5.30 at East Greenwich, uh, the Norman's going to have a crack at the three-time defending state champs. Yep,
0: and on the other and and Hendrick, we should note, um, had a little trouble with Cumberland in the quarterfinals. It was a tight game in halftime. Hendrick ended up winning by eight points. Um, so Woonsocket will be trying to, you know, take kind of the same path and give give the Hawks a little scare and, and maybe a little more. And the other side, North Kingstown against Cranston East. Uh, skippers are, are really rolling now they, they beat South Kingstown by 22 in the quarterfinals And they haven't lost since they played Cranston East uh, They had a, a little three-game losing streak after an unbeaten start East was the last of those losses And they have just rolled on since Cranston East uh, beat East Providence by 11 in the quarterfinals So that's going to be a good matchup That's seven thirty following the Hendrick and Woonsocket game at East Greenwich
1: And then now we go over to the D2 bracket, and the aforementioned Erickson Baines will have a crack at top seed Narragansett, the (laughs) defending D2 champs.
0: Yep, and just like Cranston East against North Kingstown, Shea's the last team to beat Narragansett. 13 wins in a row since an early January loss, where the Mariners were up 18 in that game. Uh, Erickson Baines, I think, ended up scoring 36 in that game. Uh, which, I mean, pedestrian. Really. Pedestrian. <laughs> really. Yeah, that's,
1: like, that's child's play compared to what he did against Tolman. But, um, you know, if you're Narragansett, what do you do to stop Erickson Bates? Yeah. But Shea will go in this game a little bit shorthanded. Uh, they won't have the services of uh, Dewan Hayes. And that just means other guys are going to have to step up, like a Nathan <clears> Rodriguez. <throat> it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that game. A, how Narragansett defends Erickson Bates on a bigger court, mind you. Yep. And then how uh, does uh, Shea respond not having one of their key personnel in the lineup?
0: Yeah, that's going to be a really good game. I, if I was picking one game to do, I, w- I will be there. But if I was just picking a random game, that that might be the one to see see Erickson and see if the Mariners can keep rolling. On the other side, uh, following that game at NK, you have East Greenwich against Wheeler. Wheeler's the three-seed East Greenwich. Uh, kind of the, the only Cinderella we have in, the, in, in any of these brackets is a 10-seed. They beat number seven Portsmouth in the prelims, and then upset number two Westerly in the quarterfinals. East Greenwich was in the finals last year. They, their brand of basketball tends to play well in the playoffs, so they're gonna be a tough out for Wheeler. Uh, that's an interesting game uh, in a number of ways, including Chris Cobain, the East Greenwich athletic director. His son is the starting point guard for Wheeler, so he may have some uh, split loyalties. Uh, Friday night as uh, the Avengers and the Warriors square off.
1: And you know East Grinch is still technically alive. You know they yes. have eight point eight points for an open state tournament berth. You know Cumberland right now they are ten points. They're done. They're like we mentioned they lost to in the other night. So it's a there's potential there that East Grinch could leapfrog and get into that open state tournament. Still. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's always one of the one of the interesting things. I think in the lower the the D two and D three those teams really want to win the their own brackets, but are certainly keeping an eye on the state tournament as well. And then D3 to round it out. Um, games Friday at Johnston. Uh, Tollgate, the top seed, taking on number 5, Lincoln, in the semis. And on the other side, number 2, Mount Hope, against number 3, Ponte Tollgate has just dominated this division uh, all year. They won by 25 uh, in the quarterfinals against Exeter West Greenwich, so they continue to roll on. We'll see if Lincoln can get them. I mean... Lincoln, I think, gave him a decent game in the regular they, season. They,
1: they did. Well, it was a 61-54 game, yeah. being, so that was one of the stiffer tests that Tolgate has faced this year. You know, Braden Scott, you know, the uh, the top scorer for Tolgate, he had 31 points that night. Obviously, containing him will be a big issue. And, and the other point that I remember from that game is that second-chance points really hurt Lincoln, so they'll have to do a better job on the boards. You know, my wild card in that game, Octavio Bredo, the sophomore guard from Lincoln, he came up with ten points after foul trouble, kind of uh, decimated the Lions' lineup. We'll see if he has a more expanded role. Uh, he could play a key part in this game.
0: Yeah, and we'll we'll see what happens there. Be, it's it's interesting just to, to see all these teams. Um, you know, there's been some shuffling in the from D three up to D two. A lot of these teams have not really you know been in this kind of position in a while, so it's, it's cool to see, you know, a Tollgate, a Pontiac, Mount Hope, Lincoln.
1: And even one socket in Division yeah, One. We'll they have the uh, yeah. it's been a long time since they've been uh, in this position. Actually,
0: yeah. So, lots of hoops on tap. Check out the interscholastic League website for, uh, for the full schedule. And like we said, the girls' finals Saturday up at Rick. Boys' finals triple header header on Sunday at uh, at C C R I in Warwick. So uh, lots of good hoops with more to come after. But these division tournaments are are pretty good as well. Uh, so keep an eye on everything. Let's, uh, let's continue talking about basketball, but the college level. And for the first time in, in a number of weeks here on Ocean State sidelines, we, uh, we have some victories to talk about. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's uh, more, more sound effects. Uh, yes, yeah, some victories. We had a uh, URI snapping their five game losing streak. Uh, with a win over George Washington, and PC getting off the Schneid uh, on the road with a victory at Butler on Tuesday night. Uh, you know, these teams are have obviously struggled. It's been a rough rough winter for them, but still opportunities to make a little run and make things interesting. and I think they both really needed victories.
1: Absolutely. I think looking at both programs right now, we're getting down towards the end of the regular season. It's about establishing momentum going into mm-hmm. their respective conference tournaments. Yep. You know, they're probably going to be lower seeds. They're probably going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting to get to their respective championship games. But you want to be playing well, and this was a good start for them. You know, I being GW and province uh, i Butler last in overtime
0: yeah the that URI game uh, I mean George Washington has has really struggled they're eight and 20 on the year four and 11 and a10 play so that's you know a caveat I I don't think it really matters I, I don't think you you take much from it in terms of URI can they play like this again I, I don't think that that you, the game can't give you that kind of information and URI hasn't really gotten that information from any game because they've been so inconsistent but regardless of who they're playing GW anybody the worst team on their schedule little little sisters of the poor Narragansett high school uh, they needed a good shooting performance and they needed some confidence and they got both uh, out of that they ended up shooting 54 percent from the field they made 10 of 21 three-pointers there's at least now for you or I the beginnings of maybe breaking out of that slump because uh, it wasn't going to happen without a game like that to just kind of take away the bad feelings, take away the the losing skid, take away the lack of confidence, and that they they did that at least.
1: Yeah, and you know, PC was coming off a three-game homestand where they went uh, actually one and two. They got blown out by Xavier and then, you know, just got manhandled by a very good Marquette team. And then for them to go on the road, and <clears throat> we're in position to, like, close out the game of regulation. They kind of, let it slipped away, but to regroup in overtime. It's kind of been like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of a situation for PC. You don't know which one's really going to show up, but the one constant through everything this season, or maybe since the middle of January, has been the play of Nate Watson yep. at a time, well when... Teams like to just have their bigs stretch the floor, have the six foot nine guys shoot threes. Nate is really a throwback. You know he's dominating down low. The other night he was eight of ten from the field. Mm. That's very impressive. You know, granted he, you know, yet to have sheer power and strength, but he also has a nice toucher on the basket. That's one thing that's kind of stood out. He can go with his right hand, his left hand. He can also get to the free throw line. If PC is going to do anything down the stretch here and go into the Big East tournament, he's going to play a large part of it. It's been such a guard oriented PC team over the last several years. And then to make this transition to a low post game, it's almost like they're the uh, outlier in this college basketball world we live in right now. Yeah, they
0: really are. But hey, I mean, like you said, it it works for them when when they get him the ball. Uh, Things generally go well. So PC has two games left in the regular season. You know, it's an opportunity to finished pretty strong and they got creighton on the road obviously tough on the road but uh a team that they can certainly hang with and then they close out with with butler again uh just a little over a week after facing them on tuesday so a chance to head in with a little bit of momentum as for you or i they are on the road a tough one very tough one friday at dayton uh we'll see if they can kind of build a little bit on what they did against gw and, and hang with the flyers Uh, but then they have a chance for a strong finish as well just based on opponents they they visit st joe's and then host mass yeah host umass uh who's continued to really struggle in the season finale on march 9th um so you or i right now i think the key for them is staying out of that bottom four in the a10 so you don't have to play on the first uh first day of the conference tournament which makes for a very long ride so Ah, uh, they'll they'll be trying to do that. That whenever George Washington was a big step in that direction, uh, they'll need to probably keep keep winning and maybe get two out of three to close it out to uh, continue in that direction.
1: And kind of ditto for a province to try to avoid playing in that first uh, Wednesday night slate of games. You know, one thing since the Big East uh, reconfigured to its current its current ten uh, team arrangement in twenty thirteen fourteen, PC has never had to play on that first night. Yeah. But they still have a shot maybe to get as high as fourth, you know, they're uh, Georgetown has seven wins right now That they're the uh, team in fourth position right now along with Seton Hall and Xavier Xavier's really come on here recently PC has six wins, so they're still knocking on the door for a potential uh, Upward to maybe four or five seed and given the way that the season has played out for the Friars the up-and-down nature I'm sure Ed Cooley would gladly take that going into New York a place that Friars have traditionally played well under his watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely and we'll also give a quick, uh, quick mention to Bryant and Brown, who are also playing well. Every college basketball team in Brown is playing well. We been wait for this all week. Uh, we really about have. Positive news yes. we're <laughs> uh, Bryant picked up a two wins in a row over Wagner and Mount Saint Marys. Really took advantage of a, a little home home swing their last home stand of the season. Um, so they put themselves at ten and seventeen overall, seven and nine in conference play and head, trending toward or toward an NEC uh, tournament bid, which is, is sort of the goal for them. And Brown uh, has won three in a row, beat Columbia, beat Harvard for the first time in a long time, and then beat Dartmouth. Um, so they've got four games remaining, trying to get into that top four in the Ivy League tournament.
1: Yeah, but just about Bryant, uh, you know, good for them. Uh, Jared Brasso, you know, I think if he would look at this season as a whole, I think he would look at it as, as a success, not from a wins-the-losses perspective, but a team that has kind of taken on the demeanor of its coach where you know they're fighting they're scrapping they they might get knocked down but they're also willing to get back up you know they could have easily folded heading into that final stretch with the two home games but they responded with uh two victories and now they have a chance to maybe move up and improve their seating for the NEC tournament mm-hmm.
0: and we'll conclude with some quick congratulations for uh championship saturday this past weekend Congrats to the Bishop Hendricken Boys swim team, won another state title, the Barrington Girls, who claimed that title, and on the wrestling mats, the Brandon Mello wrestling mats, Bishop Hendrickin uh, won that crown as well, knocking off defending champ Poneganza, who finished in second.
1: I'll give a quick shout out to uh, Tyler Lutz, the Lincoln High freshman. He was victorious in the Boys 500 freestyle this past Saturday, Uh, obviously a swimmer, to worth, uh, that will worth watching in the years to
0: come. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody gets applauded here on Ocean State's Highlands on the Erickson Baines Fan Podcast. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the hoops this weekend. We'll be back to recap it all next week and look ahead to the state tournament.
1: Thanks Get everybody.